my name is James Thurgood and welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as mind-bending as a Stefan Ortega reflex save, fancy advice as nuanced as a Christian Gunter international call-up and two pundits looking to end another wild Bundesliga season on a high note. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 34. Can you believe it? And joining me as always, he is the fantasy football got Flo Reinecker. Flo, I have to say, I mean, after the last couple of intros, I think I've just got to ask, how are you holding up, my friend? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying very hard to convince myself that I don't really care what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> good, good luck with that. I, I'm just not sure. I'm like, I'm able to trick myself uh, into feeling that way once like the unspeakable uh, is happening. So I'm... Yeah, I'm I'm afraid for Saturday. I've right like it's it's I, I can't phrase it any other different way, especially since like the way Bremen has issues right now in a fi- financial term, I, I I don't really think there would be contenders for promotion next season if they go down. Uh, I think that would be a long hard way back um for Bremen to be back in the Bundesliga. So it's 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 a really important game. You probably all know that it's going to be Thomas Schaaf on the bench, which at least gives some kind of feeling of familiarity. I'm not sure if, like, if it were like th- three games still left, I would feel that it's not a smart move. Like now, it's just a mental thing it's for this one game, and like I, I think it it worked in that sense that it was a big distraction, and you got the feeling that the mood has changed and. Everyone is feeling optimistic, but that could be just whistling in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm just trying to block everything out. I'm not really following what's what's happening there. It just stresses me out. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, like, if you would give me a contract, I, I'd sign with Bremen going to the relegation playoff games. I would like sign that in an instant without any hesitation because with a situation that if Cologne wins against Schalke and Bielefeld gets a draw at Stuttgart that Bremen has to win or it's curtains in the Bundesliga that's that's really tough and last weekend was really tough pill to swallow because everything was set up so nicely for Bremen to to stay up with their early red card for Augsburg and then just like the enormous stupidity of everyone involved in that yeah, right. yellow-red card for, for Bremen, which changed the game back after Bremen really being, I wouldn't say cruise control, but like they had the game in hand, they had their chances, didn't take them in the first half, but you got that feeling. Well, I, yeah, I predicted like a 1-0 win. They're yeah. at least not going to lose that game. And if you're looking at the table now, a, a point would be like really, really, would have been really important. Now, yeah, they have to go into the game and think they, they, they have to get a win. And from what I've seen in recent weeks, that's not likely. But like, at least I think what Thomas Schaaf is going to do is like, he will try to get that win and he will not try to like, let's just uh, defend for a bit and then see what happens. I don't think that will be the approach they take. And that could go massively wrong so I, w- uh, I wouldn't be shocked if like it's 30 minutes and Gladbach is already 3-0 up hitting Bremen on the counter because they will play probably a style of football they haven't played in quite some time so uh, <laughs> yeah but let's see what happens I'm, I'm not sure how motivated Gladbach will be so that's that's my hope we've seen some spark from Schalke so it, but like my Optimal scenario. Yeah, go on. Could, give us the, give us the like, score lines. Yeah. Say how the games should play out. Van Bremen wins the game. Cologne wins the game. And Bielefeld loses or draws. And then Bremen will stay up. Cologne will play the relegation playoff. Uh, and Bielefeld is relegated. Sorry to all Ar- Armenia fans listening. But that's how I feel. Because like, Cologne is my second favorite club in in Germany and it's like it's still the whole situation my my boys like Cologne although they already told me that it's not so bad if they 
get relegated. Um, <laughs> They've already so they're, they they're already rooting, in the cone mindset. They 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 rooting for Bremen over okay. Cologne. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're also true Cologne fans. Is they're already in the mindset of okay, we can survive going down. I mean, that's part of being a Cologne fan nowadays. Is that yo-yo effect? Yeah, but I, I, like. They're so young. A lot is changing. The, the youngest one had a, like a taste for Dortmund for some time, and that's now a bit gone. So, but it seems like Bremen is there to stay for them. It does good, which then. is which is really a pity if you <laughs> you see what what this club is well, doing. To I have people. to say, you haven't given them great choices, my friend. As a father, you're supporting <sighs> better Bremen and Köln. Well, there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, I went with them to the Cologne Stadium, but yeah. like for some reason they just like they they felt this uh, calling. Hey, you know what? Personally, I would say from personally, I'd rather I'd rather have the full spectrum of a fan's experience. You know, with a team like Bremen and Köln. Than- yeah, but we're not having the full spectrum anymore, <laughs> okay, Bremen, true. which is seven like the lower spectrum. Yeah, they, they can't remember the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, no. that's the problem. Um, they know, weren't, they weren't, even uh, born so weren't even born for some of it. No, fair. That's it. <laughs> okay, you know, fair enough. Then we, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I'm still hoping uh, for the best. In terms of you at least not being automatically relegated, I think that's the stage I am at. But it was Andreas Reza one on Twitter who asked where your optimism levels were, and I think Andreas, you've just gotten your answer from Flo. And he's yeah, this in fairness, he hasn't changed his tune. He's been saying this from the start. I'll take 16th place if you give me a contract right now. I would sign the dotted line. So I hope that you hold on. I still have a sneaky feeling that it ends up with you guys picking up a point and Bielefeld dropping in. Yeah, I really think if like if if we win, Rainbow's stay up. I really believe that because Stuttgart has a lot to play for, uh, which is like one of the fortunate results from last match day as a Bremen supporter was the Stuttgart win at Gladbach. That yes. was really essential in my mind because yeah. yeah. now they're playing for seventh place. If they hadn't won that game at Gladbach, they, the season would be over for Stuttgart. And now my confidence level, I at least think that Bielefeld won't win at Stuttgart. Or it's more likely that they don't. So that's definitely giving me some hope, at least. And maybe maybe Schalke can put another upset. I just don't... I, that, that's something I don't <laughs> believe in, actually. Uh, I think that Cologne will win that game. Uh, you know what? No, I think Schalke will be highly motivated. I think it's possible. Because if I'm Schalke right now, you want Cologne or Bremen to come down with you. Because it takes the focus off of you a little bit in terms of you're not going down as the only massive Traditionsverein. You're taking one down with you. They can't have any power against Bremen or over Bremen. They can have an effect on Cologne. And I, th- I have a feeling they might be highly motivated. Yeah. If, if Cologne doesn't win... Yeah. You don't um, deserve to stay up. They'll go yeah, down. Yeah, and you don't deserve to stay up, genuinely. Then, then that's yeah, If it. you can't beat Schalke on the final day, and you can't beat Hertha on the penultimate day when Hertha were there for the taking, it has to be said, then, yeah, genuinely, Köln, unfortunately, can have no complaints about not staying up this season. But uh, let's let's maybe break the clouds, the doom and gloom of this episode, and talk about happier things. Because in a fantasy sense, Flo, to use the words of Roman Weidenfeller... I think uh, we have a grandiose season That's it. Season four of Talking Fußball Fantasy. It has once again been our pleasure to bring you coverage of the fantasy season. We weren't here for you every match day of the of the season, but you know you've you've kind of grown to live with that when it comes to us and our English Revoca disparities in schedules, let's say. But we've had a lot of fun again this season. Season four in the bag, season five in the works. So do not worry, we will be back next season. We encouraged you last week to take part in the survey and admittedly I then forgot to tweet out the link so I'm encouraging you again this week to take part in the survey and promising you that I will actually tweet out the link this time and we mentioned the fact that you can talk about things that you don't like about the game but I will encourage you, don't forget to write about the things that you do like about the game as well. That's going to be an important part because there may be further changes in the works in the future and they just need all the feedback they can get right now. On that note, I would say we're going to go into some listener questions. We've got a mix of fantasy and non-fantasy in there as well. We said we'd open up the floor, you guys could ask anything. And sure enough, we had some creative questions as well. I do want to just say thank you to everyone that didn't write in with a question, but did say, you know, thanks for the season. Great job. Really enjoyed it. Uh, There were a couple of people that wrote in saying they had listened for the first time this season. So thank you. That means a lot to us for, of course, you guys that have been listening for a while 
while your support throughout all four seasons, if you've been there from the start, has always meant a lot for us. And we continue to be impressed by the uh, level of interaction that we get on this show. And we're glad that there are people out there, Flo, that are just as fantasy mad as us. Yes, definitely. Um, that's that's what sparks joy even in dark weather times like these. So I couldn't agree more. Well, I have to say, I mean, I've got to be honest, this pod has kept me sane during coronavirus times as well. I mean, it hasn't just been, you know, relegation battles and whatnot. We've had a tough, weird old year. And I have to say, having this to come back to regularly is something that we can just have a bit of fun with, some tongue-in-cheek jokes, some waffle-tight analysis and whatnot. It's always been a lot of fun. And you bring the comic relief to all of this. So it's always enjoyable to talk to you on a weekly basis, I have to say. But not always um, on purpose. But shall we talk about some uh, listener like questions? Comic relief. <laughs> Hey, that, that comes from both of us, right? That comes from both of us, I think. Uh, we both put our foot in it at times. Hey, you were putting me on the spot all of last episode. I still can't believe that I didn't get any of your questions right. But hopefully we can answer some well today. And I'll start with one that is non-fantasy related, but it came from at SBKenzie-esque 11. Says, love the pod. It's really enhanced my fantasy Bundesliga experience. In addition to German football, I also really enjoy German lager. He says, what are some of the better ones outside of the obvious choices flow that may be available in America. So I'm, I rather tr drink pills. So I'm not sure if like lager is another sort of beverage. If I'm like, I'm, I'm it is indeed. But a pilt, I believe, has actually been called a pilt in English as well now. Yeah. Okay. Um, because we really don't have an equivalent. And the one I, I like best, I would, I would say, from the German ones that are widely known, uh, would be Jever. They used to be the, the jersey sponsor of Borussia Mönchengladbach. If you can overlook that fact, <laughs> uh, you should give it a try. But apart from that, I'm like, I'm not a nationalist in any way. And that translates to my liking of beer because I really like the Bohemian ones. So I, I like a <laughs> Budweiser. That's the original one, not the stuff uh, from the US. And uh, Pilsner Urquell. Ooh. And I would say that will be my top three. T tidy choices, tidy choices. Well, I I'm someone that grew up in Bavaria, so there might be a, a slight leaning and bias here to my choices. But if you are ever in Bavaria or in Germany or even in a, you know, unique shop in the United States that may have some select beers, if you spot anything called Tegenseer Hellers or Andexer Hellers, uh, you're not going wrong. And if you ever visit Bavaria, go to Andex and go sit in the monastery at the top of the hill and drink. It's a lot of fun. And they do great food there as well, I have to say. But I have to say, I mean, if I'm really making a choice, I'm a vice beer over Heller's person at times. And so you can't really go wrong with Paulana, though. I know I know it's an easy choice. I'm not a vice beer person. I have James. to be in the mood, I'll be honest. But I love a good vice beer when I am. Yeah, but that's the thing. It has to be in the mood. It's almost it's just it's filling you so yeah, much does. that you can't drink enough. In my like, if I'm out going drinking, I, I just I, I don't want to feel like <laughs> I'm stuffed after yeah, two beers. It's, it's, it's liquid food. It's liquid food. This is why you say if you if you deep yes. into a night out, you know, a vice beer can can tide you over a little bit. No, I. I don't think I've ever managed more than three in one night myself. And then I was—I yeah. have to admit, I was not feeling great about yeah. that afterwards. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. But hopefully, SB Kenzie, uh, we've given you some suggestions there that you can maybe find. If you do, send us a photo on Twitter. I'd love to see if you found Tegan Zayahelas, Andex Zayahelas, or Yeva over in the States. That really would be something. But let's talk J -E -V about... J-E-V-E-R. Oh, yeah, yes. That's how it spells. Uh, how yes. it is spelled. There you go. So just just yeah. in case you were looking for Although, it. Although, I mean, it's a really boring answer, but like I always got, um, I, I just like Beck's just because <laughs> also if you look at the etiquette, uh, it says Bremen on there and it's uh, key, the, the batch of, of Bremen, of the town Bremen. So, I mean, that's probably the most common beer worldwide, but I still think it's it's a good one. I think this is also a beer that probably tastes different in the US because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they brew it over there and they brew it over here. So they have different version of that. So maybe it's worth giving imported backs a try uh, overseas if you can get your hands on that. Because I, I really think it's just really is also a good beer. 
it's an old reliable Bex that you can always count on it. Yeah. Uh, I certainly agree with you there as well. But okay, let's talk about some fantasy as well. We could talk about beer for a long time and do a whole podcast on it, but we are here for some fantasy uh, analysis as well. Uh, we're looking for everyone to close out the season on a high note. The final match day of the season always is a pretty precarious minefield, it has to be said. And as I mentioned last week, Flo's better at navigating it than I am. But I have to be on point this time around because it's worth mentioning I am in the final of the TFF Pokal. I'm up against Get the Fooks In, which is a quality uh, fantasy name, I have to say. Much more creative than my Fowerfell Icking 1988, you know. Uh, I stuck to the tried and tested formula there of my my old youth team. But yeah, so I, I need to be on point for the final match day. Maybe need to find a few differentials in there to set myself apart from my competitor. And the first question is coming from at official underscore DNL. So for the first time ever writing in, which uh, put a massive smile on my face, I have to say today, because we've praised them a lot and they do do incredible work, but they said we couldn't resist joining the listener question party. Which top three matches would you recommend to invest in and avoid this week? He says, thanks in advance, James and Flo, have a great final match day. You too. Yes, I want to uh, emphasize that as well. So great work by official DNL. So uh, anyone who's not following uh, this account on Twitter and playing the fantasy football game, the Bundesliga one is, is doing something wrong, uh, in my opinion, because it's really is like it saves you just so much time. And I'm, I'm using the account. And like, uh, I think if you, you do stuff like that, uh, you should mention the good work that others do. And that's uh, what we like to do here as well. And on the sporting side, I really have two games for me sticking out. Definitely the Bayern game. Because Bayern is just like, they so head and shoulders over the field. If we look at all the stats since the 18th match day, Bayern created 18.7 shots on average per game. And second place is Leipzig with 16.3. So there's a big gap. And third place is Dortmund with 14.3. So... Bayern is creating more than four shots more on average than a team like Dortmund is in the Rückrunde. And that's really where the fantasy value comes from. And I, I, wouldn't, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all my transfers would be Bayern players just because there's no next match day to think about. And now you can load up. Bayern will be motivated, I think, to uh, even further or to get Lewandowski over the 40 goals. Now he's tied the record uh, of Gerd Müller. And I think they, they just create so many opportunities. And Augsburg has sealed staying up in the Bundesliga last week. So I think this is really the prime match to look at. And the other one, if I need to save some salary... I would invest in Cologne because like, they don't have to look at other places that much. If they win and Bremen and Bielefeld also win, they uh, will get relegated. But they know that if they don't win, they surely are relegated. And that's some different uh, to Bremen, for instance. They, they can even stay up uh, with a draw. If Bielefeld loses and Cologne doesn't win, so there's a lot more tactical aspects in that regard. And you don't have that with Cologne. I expect an attacking Cologne side against the Schalke. They probably will try to play a more attacking football than they used to. And I think that's like, that's for me, that sounds good for the chances of Cologne to scoring a few goals. And, I mean, Frankfurt, they lost at Schalke, but they still produced fantasy points. So, and that's what I care about. And I, I, I don't think yeah, I that, would yeah, I have to, yeah. buy players from other clubs than Cologne or Bayern. I'm, I'm really strict on, on the last match day. I, I look at the matches I like the most, and then I'm, I'm just hammering them. And I'm not feeling that like the only other club I would think about is Wolfsburg because they're playing Mainz and they had them like they had a massive push towards uh, staying up. We talked yeah. about that last week and that like, that was really what we saw against Dortmund, like the pressure was off. And I think it could have been even clearer if Dortmund, uh, like if the situation weren't that uh, Frankfurt already 
uh, lost the day before. I think that took also some pressure off of Dortmund. But um, I, I think if, if Wolfsburg is out there to play, that could be a messy afternoon for Mainz. But I'm just not sure that that's how the game will shake out. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I have my doubts on every other yep. game on that match day, except for the Bayern one and the Cologne one. And that's why I'm leaning with these. And like, we've got options. We know the lineup, so we know how to invest, uh, who to invest in. And I think both clubs have good options in all positions. Well, the thing is, the last day of the season, anything's possible. Um, Although I wouldn't, uh, I, I want to uh, correct myself because uh, <laughs> since Jacobs is suspended for the match, yeah. I don't think there's a Cologne defender I would look at. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he's way if he's in the starting lineup, but I don't, I don't think I would do it. So then maybe go. No, I don't, I don't think that's a play you need to make. That's the thing. It, it's not a. It's not a play you need to make. You don't need no. to go in search of defenders. I think in a game like that, I think there are better places to look if you do want to go down that route. But the point I was going to make is that the last day of the season, anything's possible. So there are games that we could anticipate being high scoring that turn out to be real duds because no one really gives a hundred percent, and it just kind of they cancel each other out. Yes. And there are games that you think that they'll cancel each other out. They'll turn into absolute bangers with loads of goals. Um, we saw it last season as well. You know. Yeah, I, like it's, there's probably one or two of the other games that will shoot out, but we just don't know which. So it could be Hoffenheim against Hertha, for instance. You could invest, like, if you want to bet, like, if you've got a feeling for some of these games, go ahead and bet on it. I, I'm just not, not going to do it because I feel so confident that, that Bayern will have a, a massive day against Augsburg and that Cologne will have a pretty good day against Schalke. And I'm like, I have players in all... Uh, price categories uh, in these two matches that I feel fairly confident are, and, and and I'm not betting on uh, another game getting out of hand. Or, or Dortmund, like like is Dortmund bringing a hundred percent now that like they 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 also had a massive ending of the season, yeah. and who knows wh how it will affect them on the pitch. So I'm I'm going with the spots I feel the most certainty about and. That's definitely Bayern and Cologne. If you want to like, and I, I also think you can be differential um, in, in these clubs. So I think Thomas Müller isn't as widely owned. Uh, he's probably a guy you can bring in. Uh, Sané is a guy you can bring in. Um, if if Nabri plays, he's a guy you can bring in. So there there are options to be different, even if you invest in a club like. Bayern. And Muziala is the budget option if he's in the starting lineup, so. Yeah, 100%. If he's in the starting lineup, I just have a feeling that Javi Martinez might get the nod in the starting lineup as a nice little send off for him. But if Musiala's in there, uh, he's exactly the type of player that could thrive on the final match day. But you're right. I mean, Canabri, Sane, I mean, they're the types of players that can just show up that one time final match day when, you know, their opponents, as you say, uh, uh, let's say, more prone to letting their eyes slip off the ball a little bit on the final day of the season when all is done and dusted and they're playing for nothing. The only other team I would say that I think are worthy of investment are Stuttgart because Bielefeld are the type of team that have shown recently that they can collapse and Stuttgart are a side that love to get forward. So I just have a feeling that if things may be, if there's an early goal for Stuttgart, Bielefeld let their heads go in the relegation battle, that all the pressure comes on them. That That's one that I would feel is, is still worth a punt on, definitely. But I agree with Flo. Bayern, Köln are great choices. I mean, I've got Andre Duda in my side. I've got Alaba, Lewandowski. I'm happy with those three, but I agree with Flo that I might invest more in Bayern because that's the thing. They're the title winners, but we know time and time again, Bayern don't take their foot off the gas on the final day of the season. If anything, they sometimes apply the pressure a little bit more. What are the games that you would avoid? You mentioned you talked a lot about the ones that you would invest in there, Flo, but are there, are there ones that you were, you have a bad gut feeling about that you would steer clear of right now? I think the Union Leipzig game, because uh, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I'm not convinced what Leipzig is doing right now. I think there's some issues. I think the uh, relation between Nagelsmann and his team isn't, like the best right now. I'm not sure how many friends Angelino has in, in the team, but like these are uh, parted men's Angelino and Nagelsmann and that's done business. And I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure that they will like after they just not, they have clinched the Champions League. They have clinched the second place spot. 
What have they to play for? Union Berlin isn't a side that's playing all out attack anyway. So that's definitely uh, a game I'll personally scratch off. I'm torn with the Frankfurt Freiburg game. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. Me too. You just got that feeling like one of these days that Frankfurt will have like things have to come back. But Freiburg also has outside chances of getting to seventh place. Although a lot has to happen for that. But like they need a win. Why not try and do it? I'd rather stay clear of that match. Um, I'm, I have to think what I'm going to do with my Frankfurt players. I still got Silva and Kostic probably will start them. But it's not a, a match I would invest in. I, I probably wouldn't invest in Bremen against Gladbach. If I'd invest in that game, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably do it on the Gladbach side. I, mean, I just don't like, I'm not going to do that just because of where my heart lies at, at that match. But I think a possible, a not unlikely scenario is the one I already, like I mentioned before that what Schaaf is trying to do is way over the head of what the players are capable of. And then it could backfire in a massive way with fast players like Turam or Player or Hofmann. Uh, they could have good games if the game goes like this. I, I, I really hope it doesn't. That's why I won't invest in it. But... Uh, I think there's a story you can tell yourself where Gladbach has a really good game because if they are like three goals up, I think then it's just like it could be over and then could be a really, really ugly thing. Although <laughs> there is a scenario if Cologne draws and Bremen loses with more than eight goal difference and uh, Cologne will <laughs> actually okay, right. overtake Bremen <laughs> because of goal difference. So that, there has to be at least some... We don't need to be that pessimistic, Flo. We don't need to be that pessimistic, I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I, I think there are possible routes where this game can go. And, and, and I just feel like Schaaf's team were always vulnerable to the counter, uh, especially during the times like... We, we, we played with Matisaka Naldo like 60 yards before their own goal and it would always be just one long ball behind and you know that the BFG <laughs> great guy I loved him but like he can win a race to save his life and like that's what how we got here time and time again and I'm I'm, I'm not sure like Top Rock at least is definitely more pacey than Matasaka so uh, but I feel that's that's a real possibility that that could happen yeah that was a, that was a leg legendary combination though yeah the, the big fucking German alongside the big friendly Brazilian <laughs> that was quite that was quite apparent yes. it has to be said okay before we divulge too much into Werder's history let's talk about some of the differential we've, we've talked about the teams Flo has mentioned a few names out there already in terms of players that he's looking to invest in but in terms of differentials if people are looking for because let's be honest, Flo, we know the final match day of the season. There's going to be some weird names in some of these lineups. There'll be some sentimental choices made by head coaches. We've got Sammy Kadira is going to be playing his final game ever. Javi Martinez, as I mentioned, might get the nod in the Bayern midfield. Oscar Vent has the same thing with Borussia Mönchengladbach. So there are going to be some curveballs in these lineups that people might be able to exploit very difficult for us to predict what they're going to be um, <laughs> because it's just one of those that it is such a weird minefield. Well, we don't have to. That's well, is a there good any, thing. Is there anyone... We know well, the yeah, lineups. No, we don't have to, but right now, off the top of your head, is there anyone that is sticking out in your mind in terms of could be a fun yeah. differential for people on the final day? Well, I think if you're investing in Cologne, you're def differential enough. So I think Duda and Kainz in midfield, pretty good options. Like, I wouldn't even... Like, you could go with Anderson up front. Uh, especially with the Schalke weakness of set pieces. Um, mm. Like, he, he would be really differential. But I think Kainz and Duda are both are pretty good uh, picks um, for, for the next match day. I think they're taking turns, taking set pieces. So uh, you, you get, that's in your back pocket for both of these players. Maybe... Uh, like I said, Wolfsburg is another team. You could go uh, look at a guy like Philipp. I'd rather have that. Maybe Brekalo plays. 
You know, I got robbed of the the Brecolo 30 points hole by a kicker. Oh, what? Predicted lineup. You remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah I remember when you. When I talked yeah. up Brecolo and then I saw that he wasn't <laughs> a predicted lineup. I swapped that to Gerhard. So sorry to everyone out there. But no, you did, but you did say, you did, I mean, you were talking about it. And I, yeah, your conviction before you saw the lineup should have stood because, yeah, he went on to score. What was it? It was more goals in one game than he's ever scored in a single Bundesliga se- no sorry equal equal his personal best in a Bundesliga season was three goals and then he scored a hat-trick in one game now that was a that was a tough pill to swallow I'm sure for you one of many this season unfortunately yeah but I think that that would be it for, for me don't get too fancy I, like I said if you got the feeling that the Gladbach game shapes out I, I, I think that Turam is a good choice I think that Hofmann isn't a bad choice Benzabaini I went the Gladbach route last week. Didn't work out really, but <laughs> I probably hold on to my yeah, Gladbach. Been there, done that this season. <laughs> anyway, I hope they they really do poorly. But yeah, you know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, Duda is my top choice for a differential because he's just not picked by a lot of people. I think Timothy Chandler, yes. if he's in the starting lineup again, has the potential to be one of those fun outside of the box picks on the the final day. And then the two strikers that did come to mind for me were your friend Sargis Adamian, who you mentioned on the final, uh, the the last show. Um, if he's in the Hoffenheim yes. starting lineup, I do like his chances, even if Hoffenheim don't win, of of being someone that gets a big fantasy haul. The other one is Marcus Turam, uh, because I think if Gladbach are going to do well, Turam will likely be involved. So yeah, and and the important piece I think from Flo there is don't get too fancy because that is the temptation on the final day to really go outside of the box. I mean, if you've got nothing to play for in your mini leagues, have a bit of fun with it. It is the final day. You can do that. If you, like me, are still competing. You can go with Rashid oh, hey. or Zako, there, there, of course. There you go. There you go. Send, send me a screen, screenshot. I'll, I'll, I'll applaud you. <laughs> Josh Sargent up front. Send me some positive energy. Well, I'm not... I personally... Not sure if Sargent is going to play, but we, we <laughs> yeah, well, see. That's up there. That's another decision to be made. No, I, no, because because Schaff usually likes more players like players who are good with the ball at their feet, and that's not uh, Sargent's uh, strongest suit. Poor, poor Davy Zelka. But I'm not sure that he actually got these players in the squad. <laughs> um, but that's the reason why I'm pretty sure that Ozaku is going to play. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I think he's he's a player who fits that mold best from what he's got. Yeah, I mean, the player that we really need is... I, I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it. <laughs> Just one more time. I remember back in the day when we had the Portuguese striker, Hugo Almeida. I'm not sure, like, if, oh. if you guys remember him. I really loved him, but, like, he had always a tough time under Thomas Schaaf just because he wasn't that player where, who could play... The, tiki-taka kind of football. I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, but back in the day, Bremen were known for like having a, a good culture of playing active possession-style football. And Almeida didn't fit really in there, although like he was, he's so gifted athletically. He was so gifted athletically. I, I, I just like, he, I loved his left foot. If he, sh- like, if he shot the ball, it was like going to the moon. All the goals, <laughs> one of these two hey, things. He scored, he scored some amazing goals. Yes, though, Almeida during yeah, his time. But That's the like thing. they sold him the for nuts, yeah. for nothing during winter break, and got I think Danny Aftich or Josef Akpala. You're really good if you know one of these guys. Uh, they just abysmal. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Um, but yeah, we need to be careful not to make this a better Brayman podcast at some point, I think. <laughs> like, um, you you will get paid from my health insurance for doing that part today, James. There you go. I, I think. <laughs> Thera- this is therapeutic. I love it. Yeah, like the risk of me getting a heart attack on Saturday, it's just with the stress relief I just did, is is like I'm, I'm almost 50-50 to survive. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I would like those odds to be better, admittedly. I'm hoping your car yeah. survived the, the, the car park shenanigans last weekend as well. I mean, that was something that I, I meant to check up on. Yeah, but. no, I did. I went to the same spot where I was, watched the uh, last match day of last season. Seems to, lo- uh, has lost its magic. Although I like, I felt after the red card for Donny, uh, for Ruben Vargas. <laughs> I just felt like, oh, this is the spot. Nothing can go wrong here. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then like Hoffenheim was leading and like it, it was feeling like yep. cruise control and then yeah. Oh, let, let's move on, James. Oh, the chance oh. the chance was there, yeah. my friend. The chance was there. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, we talked a bit about differentials, but um at Hafid FW was asking who's the best replacement for Roland Choloy and would you recommend anyone from Leipzig's midfield? Yes. So I think would we know the answer to the second part of that question. Yeah. With the, with the first part, I was just going to ask, are there any new names you want to throw out or are we sticking to Duda or Musiala? Duda, or? Musiala, if he's in the starting lineup, Brekalo uh, is a good one. And if you've got a bit more budget and you want to like turn the dagger in my heart, then Hofmann is, uh, or even Stindl yeah. would be another choices okay. you can go. Okay. Uh, or maybe I think a guy we can throw out here is uh, a guy like Daniel Didavi, uh, if he's in the starting lineup, he's definitely always interesting. And what I don't like with him is that he he rarely plays ninety minutes. So, but he's so involved uh, with everything uh, when he's on the pitch. And the other guy would be Philip Clement. So if Philip Clement uh, start, he will be the ultimate. <laughs> there uh, you go. Choice. The ultimate differential on match day thirty four. Yes, I love it. I think he's still at one. Million, yes. Philip Clement. There you go. Uh, 2.5 million, sorry, that is so expensive. But if he's in the starting <laughs> yeah. lineup, Philip yeah. Clement of Stuttgart. Okay. Okay. I don't I like expect it. it because it would look bad for Stuttgart. Like they have to feel their strongest 11, or other clubs will like say, What are you doing? It's a pretty pivotal match in the relegation battle. Um, so I don't expect it. But yeah, uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, Philip Förster, maybe 6 million. So I'm now now I'm really finished. Okay, there you go. There, you've got a, hey, you've got a good selection there. That's what we want to provide in situations like that. Okay, let's move on. At Korosh, our good friend Korosh has written in. Uh, he says, for the last time, do we pick Antiolino? Yes or no, Flo? No, uh, I think he's injured. Uh, you couldn't see. I, I was making air quotes uh, right now, <laughs> but um, from what I've heard, he won't be in the squad. Berlin. Yeah, I'd be very surprised as well, uh, it has to be said. He also asked, with Schalke's performance against Frankfurt in mind, how much are Köln players attractive? Yeah, I uh, already said that. Uh, I wouldn't read too much in the, the Frankfurt performance, but Schalke still think that Cologne are massive favourites. They have to get a win. And yeah. yeah, Duda is probably the prime target. And if you want to be a bit more differential, even more differential than Duda then Kainz would be the guy in midfield. And up front, Anderson is like really, really differential as well. Yeah, I had him in my squad on match day one. It was funny. I was going back to match day one to, to, to kind of think about who were the players that disappointed me the most this season. And uh, Sebastian Anderson might be up there because of the potential he had. The player with the most headed goals last season in the team with the most headed goals and it just didn't quite work out. Um, the last part of Korosh's question was Hoffman was not a good pick last time. He says this week. And, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think, well, in fairness, I, I think I brought him in last week as well. So yeah, it wasn't a great pick for me either. But I think, yeah. Yeah, if, me as well. So, if, oh, uh, of course, we're all in the same boat. There I have uh, Hofmann in my squad well, then, as well. I mean, if he's going to be a good pick this week, as Flo said, it'll be a bit of a dagger through his heart, but it might work out. You never know uh, if you hold on to him for one more match day. Um, let's move on. Last question about, uh, no, actually, last question about match day 34, let's say. It's from at Yukor uh, Koran, who says, thanks for another great season of TFF. All the advice and laughs are much appreciated, and that is ultimately what we are here to provide as much as a Bundesliga preview, fantasy, analysis, whatever it is. We are here just to provide a bit of light relief in amongst everything that's going on. But he asked Flo, with Pichek's last game for Dortmund and Terzic confirming that he start, could he be a punt for a, a big haul, taking a penalty maybe for sentimental value, he says. I think that might be a stretch, but he's the type of player... No, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say so. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like no one in the Dortmund, like if... I would have mentioned a similar take with Martinez if, like, if it weren't for Lewandowski, because like he will get once more goals, and I think that's like understandable that he wouldn't give the ball over to Javi Martinez. But at Dortmund, I'm I'm not sure. I I, I think that's a real possibility if they're getting a pen that that oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love uh, to see could it. take it because like from what I've seen from Haaland, he's a really he's a team player. And I think uh, Sancho is as well. Royce, like he 
I had a few mistakes uh, from the penalty spot, so why not? Okay, hey. Uh, I, I think you can go with Piszczek. I'm, I'm just not like, I, this could be just uh, most guys uh, either uh, in their minds at holiday or at European Championship. I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure that this game will play out as spectacular as it might seem with yeah. the two clubs that have a lot of fire and power involved. You know what? That's funny. I was actually... Uh, but, like, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think the penalty scenario is is not out of the question that it's going to happen. No, I like it. I mean, I was actually... Yeah, I was... Um, it's central on the England squad, James. Uh, has the England squad been announced? I don't think it's been announced yet. Oh, oh they haven't. Oh, I, I, just, I, I just saw that if, like, Germany did it most, and I saw a few other nations no, did it. No, a lot it. of other places uh, have, but I don't think then. I've seen the confirmed England England uh, squad. So, because I think I would, I think I would have caught the headline. Oh, no, sorry, I, I didn't want to throw you off. I just saw that now we talk about England. That w- was something that was well, he, uh, he, interested. He bloody in. well should be James Sancho. I mean, if he's not in that squad, that'll yes, be that'll be yes, an absolute travesty. Although I'm not an expert on English football, <laughs> so I'm not pretending like. Well, uh, I you can don't. say, oh, he's definitely, he should be in the match squad before Lingard. He can't love. <laughs> Lay, look, if, no. if you don't know that Jaden Sancho is good enough to be in the England squad, then uh, I, I promise you, you don't need to be watching much Premier League to know that. Uh, you really don't. Yeah, he's he's good enough, especially his form recently. He's been absolutely sensational. So that is good to see. Okay, I like the Pichette pick. I think you could you could do worse on the final match day, definitely. And I mean, it's just for you also a sentimental value. Of course. Because you will have Lukas Piszczek in his last Bundesliga game in your fantasy squad. And why not go for a bit of narrative yeah. uh, on the last match day? Yeah. Like if you're playing for a mini league with a bit of money involved and it's like you, 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 you're really close at the top, then maybe there are better options, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Hey, this is this is what the final day is all about. It is it is to have a bit of fun. It certainly is. I'm I'm competing for the tier fifth Pokal and I'm desperately trying to stay in the top 100. So that's the reason I have to take match day 34 seriously. But I, I have been very well known to have a absolute ball on match day 34, trying to pick some crazy differentials and flow. I mean, flow of match day 34. It was Lucas Alario. It was the pick of the the season. Won in the whole title. It was incredible. So yeah, that's what that is. What match day 34 is all about. On the note of Match Day 34, our final question from a listener at Mulcahy underscore Mike. He says, thanks both of you for another great season. He says, I will ask the same question I asked on the last pod of last season. He says, who was your biggest fantasy surprise and who was your biggest fantasy disappointment? Flo, I'll come to you first. Uh, that's that's a tough question. I, I haven't actually uh, thought about that. I, I think Andre Silva, like the, the way that Silva plays, he, he's definitely... The consistency um, which he played, and I think I was wrong to doubt him at times. I, I think he w- was one of the best and and, and greatest surprise. And uh, although we stay in the same, like he, he's my fantasy MVP, if you will, so from what I expected before the season and then what he did show on the pitch, uh, Andre Silva definitely is a guy there, but. Like the surprise of the season has to be from the same club. You want to say it, James? You know who I have in mind? From the same club as Andre Silva? Yeah, we we usually start with his official title. (laughs) The World Cup winner. Of course. World Cup winner Eric Dorm left for dead and had a stretch where he was a must-have in a fantasy game. So definitely, I didn't see that coming. I'll agree with you there. That, yeah, I, I'll pick Eric Durham as my biggest surprise. He, he literally saved me on multiple weeks when my backline had been terrible. And I went, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I'll put my star man on Eric Durham. And he saved me at least twice this season with some huge, huge hauls. So I, I think those are great choices at, at opposite ends of the spectrum. I think, I mean, we've had a, just a, a great fantasy season. I had Borna Sosa and Sasa Kalajic at Stuttgart tearing things up. I mean, Borna Sosa's up there for arguably, you know, the best value player of the entire season in terms of what he produced in an attacking output. 
sense. We had Stefan Ortega ripping things up with Bielefeld. Rizzo Dewan, I think, was a big surprise in terms of how he managed to actually be a viable fantasy player in a non-fantasy viable team. Incredible. Jamal Musiala came out of the woodwork late on. Uh, and one of my big ones, I think, he's up there with Andre Silva, but I've got to give a shout to Big Vout Vagor because he never let me down once this season. And I've got to give him a nod for that because uh, his form was brilliant and no he didn't quite have the same amount of shots per game on average as Andre Silva um, but I thought about Vegas in terms of what he produced for what we expected of him I think was up there as well I do remember Flo I mean I, I should have found the clip actually but from our very first episode of the season and I made a prediction that Andre Silva would be the next top scorer behind Lewandowski and Haaland I haven't I didn't go back and find it I, I can't clip it in and I'm not going to ask Aiden to do it either but, but you, you, you sound really smart saying that well, exactly I can now I can and now claim what, it without proving it <laughs> right that is what it's all yeah, about that would um, have been a great call right because uh, he had his ups and downs like he wasn't even the clear number one in the Frankfurt attack last season so that would have been really a great pick by you well that's it yeah I mean that's it I think I had him I had him match day one of the uh, the, the season along yeah my front line was Lewandowski Silva and Sebastian Arneson on match day one of the season and uh, Andre Silva I think yeah was the player that really I picked at the beginning thinking oh this is a bit of a punt but as you say he became less and less and less of a punt every single week that went by and that's certainly credit to him how about your disappointments was there anyone that kind of I, I think there may be one player that let you down multiple times throughout the season it should be top of your list here my friend but is there anyone else yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're meaning the one who, who who really sounds like player yeah exactly yeah lasso yeah Good lasso. player definitely high on that list yeah uh, you're right but i also have to add milot rashica if he had some kind of form at one point during this season he would be like i had him in my team for some stretch and that was with him not being great just like my i i thought he would be but like it just didn't happen this season and that's also uh, one reason why bremen is in this spot so uh, definitely rashica um of course he had like injuries, but also his form was lacking. That didn't just hurt uh, on the real pitch. Also in fantasy, he was a big letdown. Because being a midfielder in the game, and or is he a striker now? I'm, 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 I'm not no, sure. Rashid like, says something still, has he's still changed. Still a midfielder. There. Still a midfielder because he was a differential pick still, for me a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Midfielder in the game with the way he likes to shoot the ball should have been like. He, he should be the perfect fantasy player. Big disappointment. So that will be player and Rashica are my couple. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree there. I think the other name that stands out for me was Florian Wirtz uh, because the price tag he came into the game with this season and all our eyes lit up and we went, oh, this could be a big one. This could be huge. He could be in your teams for a very long time, picking up big points, racking up more value. And there were moments where we saw that, but nowhere near as consistently as I think we had hoped throughout the season. And so much so that I think after really the turn of the year, he was a non-factor in the fantasy game. No one really considered him. If anything, he lived, he had that one game where he scored outrageous amount of points at the beginning of 2021. And that Maybe he lived off for a while. Someone else, Daichi Kamada, he was another player that started well and tailed off. And then, I mean, for me, anyone in Bayern's back line was a disappointment. And every Schalke, I'm sorry to say this, uh, Flo, but every Schalke and every Bremen player for me have been a disappointment this season because there was no one you could really rely no, on. August uh, you know what, maybe. actually, I'll take, I'll take that. And that's it. I was about to take it back and say the one exception is Ludwig yes. Augustinsson. Yeah. And I think he's the only one where Bremer will have no trouble selling this Samba, especially if he plays a good European Championship. Very true. Very true. Out of curiosity, I mean, just because I was looking it up while you were talking, can you remember who you had in your squad on match day one? Because I can tell you, we both had Lewandowski and Silva in our front line. Can you remember the third player that you took a gamble on on match day one? It was an outside, he was a summer transfer came with big hope and hasn't really delivered, had COVID really badly at one point in the season, missed a lot of the season, 
I'll keep giving you tips. Please for I Leipzig. I wasn't going with Wang, huh? Yeah, you wasn't did. I? Yeah, you went with you what? went with Hee-chan Wang. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, I, I don't even like this guy. <laughs> I I just had to look it up. It made me giggle. But I'll give you credit. You had someone else in your lineup on match day one that you deserve credit for, and that was Borna Sosa. And he didn't actually play on match day one. He got zero points and was an unused sub. But you saw the potential in Borna Sosa very early doors, so I'll give you credit for that as well. And I got Theo Gebrselassie in my squad. Danny Da Costa. And you know who I got in defense? It sounds so ridiculous. It, but it, Joshua Brennett of Hoffenheim. It wasn't ridiculous on match day what one. What was going on? <laughs> it wasn't ridiculous. We thought he was going to start. Um, you know. <sighs> yeah, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked him. But yeah. Really funny. Yeah, it's it's always fun. I mean, I'd recommend it, listeners. Go go back and have a look at what you did on match day one, or maybe just flick through the first couple of match days, and you'll see how different your squads were. Yeah, it's a, it's it's always a fun task to do at the end of the season before they they change the the game over. You know what, Flo? We'll end on one positive question and a positive question about Werder Bremen. It came in from someone that's never written into the show before, which is why I want to include it. It's from at Suno Verda. He says, "Love to listen to the pod so that I know what not to do come Friday evening." Flo, though, he asks, what is your favorite Thomas Schaaf memory? I, I think it's like, for me, it's a personal one. I know everyone remembers him after they got the title in 2004, how he just was strolling uh, uh, the Olympiastadion alone on his own, like Franz Beckenbauer did after the World Cup win in 1990. And then afterwards, when they got back with the plane, they had a window um uh, that that's uh, from the cockpit and he was standing like uh, up tall and waving a, f- a flag, a, a valor flag. I think these are the iconic moments. But but for me, it's, it's a different one because I, I used to be in Bremen a lot because my, my grandma lived uh, near to Bremen and I, I visit her uh, often. And um, when I was there, I was visiting the practice sessions which wasn't that common back in the day. I think what, like the story I'm going to tell was from 2001, I think. And there were just like five guys standing there uh, looking at the training pitch. And uh, they were having a practice session playing 11 on 11. And some of the guys got injured. And then he, uh, Thomas Schaaf, called up Pascal Borel. I'm not sure if you like, he, he used to be the uh, uh, reserve keeper. And then he was first goalkeeper for one season, but he wasn't really any good. And then before the title season, he was benched. And uh, he was doing a goalkeeper practice and he was calling him up. And he uh, should play. Uh, as a player, because uh, they they were sure one man, and Ivan Klasnich, like he just couldn't let that slide. He was so angry because he was playing in the second team, and they were like they were worse. They were added Pascal Burel, who was a goalkeeper, and he was just like he was livid and was always like he was complaining so much to Thomas Schaaf. And he was just taking it with a lot sense of humor. And he just like, he let it, like he was goading Klasnich to be even more livid with like a, <laughs> a dry sense of humor. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and, and afterwards it was like, they were shooting balls at the goalkeeper with like, guys, I think like uh, Marco Bode did still play there and, they were just having having a really good time, and it, it was a different time that back then. But the way that he spoke to the players and was like had a dry sense of humor, and that that really uh, I appreciated uh, that. I'm not sure that it's how the the new uh, players like who are brought up so differently, like the guys who played football back then, that like his kind of personality flies uh, with the younger generation but we'll see for me that was like really an intimate glance into the dynamic uh, of how a team works and how a coach could handle the situation that uh, you could see that Klasnich Klasnich wasn't a starter by any mean uh, back then 
like how he was trying to get into the first team and how like ambitious he was. You could see that by watching just one practice sessions. And I mean, it ended up well for, for Klasnic yeah. being a pivotal player in the, in the title. Um, definitely. So yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely like, that's one of these moments where I felt like I, you, you see a bit of the, the private side, how a person really is. And uh, I think you don't get that if you just like see, see a person on TV. Although I'll, I'll like, I'll take the strolling during uh, the Olympia stadium uh, anytime, of course, as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's a brilliant memory, but I actually, I prefer the more intimate one of you being at the training ground. because, as you say, it is that, that blick hinter the Kulisa as they, or der, der Kulisa, as they say. So the, the behind the scenes action at a football club that yeah, even for people like Flo and I who work in the business, we really don't quite get to see most of what really goes on at a football club behind the scenes. So that's a, that's a nice memory of Thomas Schaff. And I hope Flo, I hope it gives you another one this weekend to remember him by as well, but we should leave it there uh, for the end of today's episode it has been a wild fantasy season we had robert Lewandowski doing unhumanly things 78 points clear of the next highest scorer in the fantasy game and after all uh, we call him Lewandowski, you know. Yeah, there's a reason for it as well, it has to be said. Uh, we've had a fun season. Such We've a funny to... guy. <laughs> right? It's just brilliant. It's so good. Uh, I've got I've got other ones as well. I mean... Oh, I have time, I have time, and then meep, 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 the roadrunner. If that's not one of the highlights of the season, I don't know what is, but unfortunately for us, that never translated into fantasy points. But uh, it has been a fun ride. We have enjoyed once again bringing you coverage of it. Thank you for joining us on the journey. As we said, we'll be back next season for another season of... Of official fantasy Bundesliga action. James, you flow. Should, should we do our uh, player picks? Do you want to? Like, do you want to end on just the? Rattle you know what? Come on, let's let's do it. Final episode of the season. I, I, one last time. I, I wasn't sure where you were going. That you already. Uh, I wasn't going to do it, but yeah. I'm happy. Let's come on. Let's stick to tradition. Let's do our three player picks. Vegas choice, my friend. Who are you going for? I wanted the guy that you have written <laughs> down, which makes it a bit harder for me. I'm going with Brekalo. Uh, I go. think he can have another good game. And like it's risky because you're not knowing uh, how the game will go, but I like him. I think he has huge potential outside of the players uh, we already mentioned before from Cologne or Bayern. Yeah, and he says Cologne for a reason because Andre Duda is the man for 9.8 million that I have written down as a Vegas choice. Yeah, brought him in last week. Happy to hold on to him against Schalke because I think even if it doesn't quite go Cologne's way in terms of the result, I do have faith that Duda can provide returns. Super Schnäppchen flow. I always feel like it's surely Philip Clement. I'm, I'm going with Musiala. Oh. It's boring, but I haven't written them down before, so I'm going with Musiala. I think if he's in the starting lineup, he's definitely the best budget choice. Or Philip Clement, there if is. he's in the starting lineup for Stuttgart, that seemed to be one that yeah. you're on board with as well. So, and my third option would be Dano Didavi, who's also Ooh, nice. cheap enough. I was going to go down the line of Sargis at Damian, 4.5 million, although bear in mind he has a striker in the game, so that comes with a big asterisk next to it. I just have a feeling that uh, if you don't have any Hoffenheim involvement, he might be the person to plump for. I've personally got Cramrich, so I won't be going down that direction, but it's worthy of a shout. How about your banker? One last, one last time, who are you putting all your faith in on the final match day? I'm going with, like, I'm sticking my neck out again. I'm going with Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> oh, my days. Careful with that. Careful with that. You might get it chopped off. Uh, you know what? No, I... Let's go with Leroy Sonny. Uh, I think he's in good form. He wants to show, like, he, he's fighting already for a starting place for Germany. And I think he'll, he'll, he'll start his charge by a really good game against Augsburg. I, you know what? I like that pick because he's exactly the type of player. He hasn't had the greatest season, but he shows up on the final match day. I could definitely see that happening. He's a player that I praised my banker um, earlier in the show as the big surprise of the season. So why not go for him one last time? Mr. Big Vout, emotional Vakehorse, I should say. 21.7 million. He is going to cost you a pretty penny, but I have a feeling he's certainly one, someone that will not lack motivation final day of the season. He's just gone into the Euros squad for the Netherlands and he was a little bit of emotional after the game uh, last weekend but I fancy him to get at least one goal against Mainz so we will leave it there I, Flo, yeah. I was going to say do you want to have the final word I've done I've done all the I've done the send-off already before the player picks but do you have one final word to wrap up this season no I'm, I'm just like uh, I'm emphasizing what you are saying like we're, we're thankful and we we're happy to do it and 
happy you you guys are listening, having a good time. And let's hope, like, I'm ending this with just let's hope we have Brim play, uh, games to talk about next season. Although probably we will be a b bit more tidy if it doesn't <laughs> is the case. I, I think we won't get sidetracked as often as we do. And I'm, I'm really apologizing for guys who, like, I, I can understand if you listening solely for the fantasy content then that probably wasn't the best episode f for you and i'm like my sincere apologies but it's like it's a rough time right now and it definitely helps to to speak about it and i i, I can't do it with my my family they they uh they they don't like to see me suffer like that i'm i, I know you can take it james and uh so thanks, thanks to you as well for like always setting me up nicely. Uh, well, I, here in the pot, always, my friend, always. I will always be here to be your therapeutic buddy throughout all of this. Uh, let's just hope we have a moment like this again on the weekend. Josh Sargent, neat turn, goes for the shot. Oh, Josh Sargent! He's not convinced he's going to be in the starting lineup, but who knows? Was that it was like, uh, No, sorry, Hertha. That was against Hertha. In the the four one oh, win, yeah, yeah uh, that nice was it. One as that well. was it. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, we'll leave we'll leave it on that note. But uh, it has been our pleasure. We are so grateful for you, the listeners. We look forward to seeing you again next season or hearing from you again next season. Enjoy your summer. Enjoy the Euros, whoever you're backing, or maybe enjoy some time away from football because that might be just as important this summer as anything else. But for now, we will leave it there for the final episode of this season of Talking Football Fantasy. For now, from me, your host James Thoroughgood and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.